What are you doing? I think the cat's just... <laughs> What's the what cat is he doing? Darting around your feet? Yeah. What's the cat called? Freddy. Uh, Do you feed it, hug it? What? What's the incentive there? Where the fuck is the cat gone? Oh, there you are. Come here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Come here. Here's a question. Does, mm. like, crafts count as sport? Oh. Um... Mm, well, I think we're into sports versus recreation here. Mm. I would say dog breeding, dog training would be recreation. Yeah, it's not sport. I don't me. know. Is it sport? What about the agility? Well, yeah, they call equestrian sports, don't they? But I would again suggest that it's not really, is it? I mean, yeah. is it? I don't know. We were in the I pub think... last. I was in the pub last night. We were talking about darts. Is darts a sport? We've had that yeah, conversation I mean... before, haven't we? People yeah, can. it's all those classic sort of bar room sports, pool, billiards, mm. snooker, darts. I mean, they are, aren't they? I suppose I don't know. Are they? I guess sort darts, of games really. Archery with one less arm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's true. So it's a good way of thinking of it. Never, never occurred to me that. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's a yeah. sport. But yeah. anyway. Oh well. I mean, for another day, really. How are you? Yeah, no, not too bad, not too bad, not too bad. It's uh, it's very cold. It's gone cold. Oh yeah, it's bracing when I went out earlier. Bitter, um, but yeah. it's my uh, it's my favourite weather. Not a it's good sporting weather actually. Not a drop of rain in the sky. Yeah, uh, very cold, but very mm. very sunny. It's my favourite yeah. weather. Perfect for yeah. football. Perfect for golf. Probably not very good for cricket. Although it probably will be. But um, you don't play cricket in the winter, do? You? Yeah, um, beach volleyball not so good. No, not with your skimpies on. No, you'd be freezing no. your particulars off. Yes, um, but yeah, no, not so bad. How's how about you? Good day. It's been a double-edged sword today because I got up and you know, full confession, I do sleep naked. And nice. as Me I too. got out, do you, yeah, I can't imagine why you'd ever want things getting in the way. But I um, got out of bed and obviously, you know, to protect my modesty before I went down to put the kettle on, I pop on, you know, some shorts and a t-shirt, a sweatery thing. Yeah. <laughs> put on, put on my, my lounge gown or whatever yeah, it was. Your kimono. My smoking jacket, kimono, <laughs> uh, to go down. So I popped on my little t-shirt thing to put on. And in doing so, really like pulled the muscle, like proper, like, what the hell has gone on here? And so all day, I'm like really, really stiff and can't like seem to work it out. It's really, it's like, oh God, I'm at that stage of life where... Stiff first thing in the morning, are you? Yeah. That wears off. (laughs) (laughs) This one hasn't worn off. I can be quite clear about that. And then in a sort of cruel twist of fate, just before we sat down to record, I thought I'm going to sort that little squeak out in my chair because, you know, I've heard that creep into some of our recordings before. So I got the old WD-40 out, gave it a little squeeze, sorted. Amazing stuff, WD-40. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's um, what's the word? Um, versatile. You can use it on Versatile lubricant, which is what we all need. And it just made me think, <laughs> how cruel, because I'm stiff here and in need of a kind of nature WD-40, yeah. whereas the chair is sorted in just a little spray. What have you, what have you pulled then? It's right across my back, right across the sort of, Shoulder blade to shoulder blade area. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, back injuries uh, are not good. It's it's quite it's quite surprising that when you do injure your back, how mm, how much you you realise how much you use your back yeah. in everyday life. 
Yeah, it's, it's like when painful. you get a little cut on a on a crucial part of a toe yeah. or yeah. finger, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god, I use this all the time. I need this more effective." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's yeah, very true. So I'm at that age and stage, unfortunately. I was in A and E the other week as well. Oh, Jack, what's yeah, happened? I, I played my first eleven aside football match. I played for probably a year now. My last game was in London, just before uh, during Evan with the West End mm. charity football team. Give them a follow; they're amazing. I'm hoping to rejoin them next year if they're listening. When um, <laughs> I move back down to London next year, um, yeah. And we were playing. It's actually a, a grassroots team that we used to play for when we were kids. And ex managers and coaches and players they play the under eighteen setup. Oh, and yeah. um, I sort of like was kind of roped in it towards the end. I, I really wanted to play, but they'd kind of already done the team. And But um, a pal of mine, Ali, he uh, he was like, I'll oh, just come down and bring your kit. And then five minutes into the game, I was playing up top. And 18-year-olds are really, really quick, aren't they? Yeah. Really quick. Lost three now. Lithe, quick. And this and a bit aggy, bit aggro, I would suggest. Yeah, they were, they were a nice bunch of lads, to be fair. I mean, the two mm. centre midfielders were genuinely, and I mean this, very good footballers. Very good were footballers. They? So they sort of... Um, Ali, my Boston, best mate, who is Boston yeah in the middle. Ali, my best mate, who's also a centre midfielder. He's an incredible centre midfielder. Um, but yeah, he had he had quite a game on his hands. He played very well there. Um, but uh, yeah, at what point it, did the groin late, go? So it, this was oh, no, the this groin. Is the this is the age. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. So he came across. Uh, he sort of it was a I had the ball back towards goal. Uh, and I'm trying to like just lay it off, pop it off in front of me, and then spin the defender. Spin, yeah. As I've popped it off he's put his foot in um mm. to go he was playing the ball but i've booted the bottom of his his boot right on Ow. the top and i was like oh, that's metatarsal gone um i carried oh, on playing no. actually i played the rest of the match played very well but in the morning it was like you know with a break with a break you've broken bones before haven't you yeah oh all of them yeah all of them. yeah me too it's some it's like a specific sort of pain it's quite stingy it's less sort yeah. of bruisy and more stingy and that's what it was so Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Harborn in Birmingham. Oh, no. Five hours. It's a big there. one, that, isn't it? Got an x-ray. Thought my metatarsal uh, was gone. She was uh, like, no, you're absolutely fine. No break. I was like, oh. Oh, great. Well, I look a bit stupid. But, um, yeah, bloody hell. Still sore, actually. But, yeah, I'm a brave boy, so it's fine. Oh, well done. And uh, recovering all right? You still got, got a hobble on? A little, little hobble on, yeah. But I'm sort of playing again now. I can't. I just, I can't. When, when people are playing football... And I was supposed to play. I really, I really struggle with injuries. I really struggle yeah. with injuries. Um, so I've been playing and nursing, but it was kind of, it was kind of getting back better. Yes, yeah, last night. Don't rush forward. back, Jack. It's a, I know. it's a common mistake. I know. Well, you know, this, the sort of, a, it's, there's a finite time, isn't there, that you can play sport in your life. Um, yes. So I'm trying to eke out. As my, I mean, I'm Fear 31. Why am passed. I talking like I'm 85? I'm 31. Of yeah. course, I'm going to carry on. Get a grip, <laughs> for get God's a grip, sake. Jack. I'm a child still. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's all right. It's not too bad. But yeah, Very certainly good. I'm not pulling my back, getting out of my bedroom no, naked. Simple as yet. that. So no, yeah, not, not there. So yet. Uh, all's well. Lovely reaction to our kit special last week. Lots of people seem to have enjoyed that. That's it nice. It strikes to hear. a chord, doesn't it? I mean, it's very. Yes. It's um, it's an approachable subject. I think uh, sporting yeah. kits, and yeah, they yeah. are amazing little things. I think we might yeah. have to do some more episodes on that. I think we might. And if you haven't yet had a chance, uh, do go to the Instagram and see the listener kit vote because that was interesting. And uh, you can go uh, just have a look at the story highlights, and you'll see which kit was voted victor. Yeah by our listeners um, but I won't reveal that just yet um, you'll have to follow us um, so that's good and um, 
Yes, and we're about now to have our interview that we had with Colson Smith, Colson which Smith. keen listeners um, will have spotted the episode title, so I'm not revealing anything there no. out of the game. Yeah. Um, but it's worth saying, isn't it, that um, we recorded this uh, last December, really early days. Was it that and long so, ago? Yeah, it was. Wow. And it's important to say that for a few reasons. Firstly, if we release any social media clips, James, our producer, is wearing Santa's hat for most of the interview, so that rather dates it, so we can't get away with that. Um, it's interesting to reflect on what's happened in a year, because Leeds, which we discuss, are no longer in the Premier League. Yeah, they're not. And are down. Um, Colson's beloved Cass uh, have gone on to more success in the intervening time, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Australia have managed to bag another Cricket World Cup, which features in our quiz as well. So that's worth saying for, so we don't get any letters. Yeah, it's not very um, up to date, is it? It's, I'm sort of glad we're, uh, <laughs> we're talking about this. We're doing this little add-on. Otherwise people are going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. But, and the big news is uh, Colson is sort of podcast royalty. He has an amazing podcast mm. um, with Ben and Jack P. Shepherd from Corrie and, um, such is the demand popularity of their podcast previously entitled The Sofa Cinema Club. It's now been rebranded to On The Sofa as they widen the scope of their discussion and banter. So now they're not uh, they're not restricted to just movies. So um, do check that out as you're, yes. as you're listening. It's a good um, listen. Uh, it is. Uh, so is our podcast. Um Oh yeah, I mean that cro- goes if you're, if you're a if you're a crossover listener, go back and check out previous episodes. Definitely. Um, how just uh, how do you reflect? Because cricket World Cup we just mentioned there. Did you did you get involved at all? It really alienated me. I just couldn't get there. Rob, I listened to the entire thing on yeah, uh, BBC did, didn't Sports you? Extra. Yeah, I listened to the entire thing. Um, I, uh, I I I really got into it this year. Mm. Um, it's probably not the best year to get into it because England, I don't know if you're all aware, were appalling bad in it. It was really, yeah, really bad. Yeah, so bad. Um, but I listened to it. Oh, I, I don't know uh, if um, I, I, there's, some, there's some sporting commentaries. Um, this is sort of, sort of secondary to the Cricket World Cup. There's some sort of sporting commentaries um, that I love listening to because they're very sort of relaxing and you feel like you're there and... Um, Cricket seems to be one of them. And BBC do a fantastic, I mean, the test match specials are fantastic. Show, yeah. And all the commentators are brilliant. Um, but yeah, I would, uh, get up early. I would go for a country walk in, um, namely Clent, which is, uh, Clent Hills oh, around yeah. here in Worcestershire, which is very, very beautiful. Mm. And I would listen to the game regardless of who was playing. I would give it a listen. Yeah. Um, fantastic tournament in a fantastic country, fantastic stadiums. Um, but I don't think the whole tournament really lived up to its billing. India mm. was supposed to win it. Um, they should have won it. And they should have won it. I mean, credit yeah. to Australia, though. I mean, they really oh, very they much really so. did their homework, didn't they, and neutralised them in the final. It was really, really hard work way. listening to it because I, I, I can't I, – I think I've said on this podcast before, I'm sure he's a lovely man individually and very personable, but as a sportsman, I can't stand Pat Cummings. I yeah, you're really anti-Cummings, aren't you? I can't you stand him. You like the cum- Cummings. Don't like the Cummings, you know. He uh, he he just epitomises that um, that Australian sporting banter rivalry mm. for me. And it's yeah. just, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, and I'm sure he'd, he'd be great to have a pint with and chat with. But 
he just gets on my absolute tits. Yeah, because, whereas and I, I think had a he's quite a gentleman. Well. I think he's a bit of a gentleman. I mean, it's a relative term with Australians, isn't it? I mean, as, as, as <laughs> gentlemanly as they come. But I, I feel like um, he's a, a sporting gentleman, but you're, you've also got a big down on him. Well, the whole Alex um, Carey thing, that really got on my tits. Yeah, I think enough. in the interviews, he was very smarmy, very smug. And uh, not in the spirit of the game. So, uh, hey, Fair we enough. lost the Ashes. Well, we didn't lose yeah. them. We, they were retained, so I need to get over that. It was ages ago. But the Cricket World Cup was, um, I mean, it's a fantastic listen. I, I love listening yeah. to cricket. It just went um, on too long. I, I'm not liking this trend now. A lot of sports, we saw it in the Rugby Union World Cup, it just went on for an age. And wow. I think the cricket did. And it just, we lose this focal point of it. I feel like, you know, FIFA World Cup is getting in that direction as well. Like mm. 47 countries hosting it over 11 months. I mean, we just need a little focal point to get everybody energised. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's something, I think you're talking about format there, aren't you? And there's something to be said about formats of sporting occasions. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think they're going to try and make it bigger as well, the World Cup, uh, the Cricket World Cup in in the future. But yeah, as, as sort of a league and then... You know, everybody plays everyone. I, I don't know. I think they should probably do it more football World Cup and have different groups and seeds and different pots and all that kind of stuff. I think that would be a better yeah. format. And then have maybe have a round of 16, then go into the yeah. semifinals. But I uh, yeah. final semifinals. But then I don't know. But it's, I, I loved it. I loved And I really, oh, I really fancy Alex Hartley. Do you know who Alex Hartley is? Yeah, she's great. Oh, she, and her podcast is amazing. Um, That's no balls or something. No balls. Yeah, yeah. Very it's good. um, it's an amazing love podcast. A pun. Really good. Listen, we do love a pun. They had if an episode. Funny, it ain't but- funny. <laughs> exactly. They managed to get um, Glenn Maxwell on after his double century. Um, yeah, and it's a fantastic listen. I implore you all to listen to it. Um, maybe we should get Alex Hartley on here. I really fancy her as well. Is that weird? Yeah, she's great. Really insightful. Really good addition to Test Match Special, I think. She's so good at her job. And she was a fantastic yeah. cricketer. She's just started, um, she's a batting coach now at an Indian team as well, which is oh, super really? cool. She's really cool. Well, that's a perfect segue, Jack, because the Indian link is featured later in this episode. With no further ado, <laughs> let's cue theme tune and hear from Colson. It's Stage Door Athletic. With Jack Loxton and Rob Shaw Cameron. Please take your seats. Kickoff is about to commence. Welcome to Stage Raw Athletic, 24-year-old Corey Legend. I'm using the word legend. We can debate whether that's appropriate. Colson Smith, he joined the world's favourite soap opera when he was just 13 years old. And since then, his time on the cobbles has seen him battle with OCD and general Tinker family chaos before becoming the street's favourite, brackets only, I'm not sure, resident <laughs> copper. Now... Just as famous for his many appearances on award ceremony red carpets in his trademark sockless white trainers, he also appeared in the 2022 series of The Games, where he came last in 50 Mile Freestyle, 
last in canoe slalom, last Whoa. in 110 meter hurdles, last in speed climbing, last in the 100 meter sprint, but totally nailed the elimination race, beating Strictly Come Dancing's Kevin Clifton, amongst others. That is fantastic. <laughs> what an introduction. We've got to find out more about this. Born in Dorset, but raised in Castleford, West Yorkshire. Colson, big Leeds United fan, and wait for it, runs his own cricket team, competing in the competitive Yorkshire Leeds. Uh, I think that's right. We'll find out. Oh, more. we've got to uh, where he employs, that. Yeah, where he employs the Moneyball philosophy for recruiting talent to stay ahead of the competitors. Again, more on that later. These days, he's podcast royalty alongside fellow Corey legends Jack P. Shepherd and Ben Price as host of the hugely popular Sofa Cinema Club. Currently 4.9 stars out of five on Apple Podcasts. Truly fab listen for t- film, TV and banter buffs. Do check it out on your favourite podcast platform. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Corey's classy cast lad, Copper, Colson Smith. Hey. Hello. Hey, buddy. Some introduction. Some introduction. Yeah, it's good. How much of that is factually accurate? Was that all right, all the game stuff? The person you've announced sounds amazing. Not sure what you've got, but that guy sounds great. I'd love to meet him. Yeah, I think that was accurate. I think the, I, the canoe slalom was going to be my one, and I got disqualified. <laughs> 400 meter, I came fourth, which was great. And I think the yeah. rest, and the, the weird one, I think the other one that I didn't come last in was diving, which I don't know. I think that's just potluck, isn't it? Perfect. <laughs> oh my god! Were you coached by anyone famous on this? I haven't. I have to confess, I haven't seen. Did they get in like export stars to come and coach you? They did. To be fair, they put on a hell of a show. The way they scaled it all together, because for me it was like a fourteen-week contract. And obviously it was only one week of live show. So I it was sort of this time last year, I started having the conversations and I said, look, I'm going to go away over Christmas and have a think. And I think I, to be fair, I think I did end up signing just before Christmas because I think they, they, they kept yeah. pushing. And then come January, we started doing two PT sessions every single week where they were kind of working out what I was going to be good at, what I was going to be bad at. Then after six weeks of that, I went to a big session where they first had the cameras and that was where I found out who the rest of the cast was, which is when I found yeah. out I was going to come last. Then <laughs> we had six weeks where they kind of shipped us all up to London. We all lived in a hotel and we kind of stayed in Stratford and we were all around the Lee Valley area. So everything that was oh, made yeah. for the Olympics, we kind oh, of, that, that was our training hubs and you know, for the canoe slalom, we had the person who represented England at the Olympics and we had oh my God. the athletics. We It was all former world champs. And we, so we did learn from the very, very best of what yeah. British talent has to offer, really. And so did you do the canoe thing on the Olympic canoe course there yeah. in Lee Valley and stuff? Lee Valley, oh, Whitewater, after the canoe slalom. There were some days which I would hope and pray to god that i was filming and that i you know that i could miss but the canoe slalom was literally like a stag do it was so much fun (laughs) we only did it three times and i was like these are the best this is the best part of this job is getting to go down an olympic kayak course and literally you just get flinged out of this boat left right and center it was unbelievable it was so What, uh, what month was it it was when we filmed it, it was May. So I remember the first time Warm I enough. went in that water, it was April. It was still chilly. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, 
the wetsuit, when you first put one on, they're like, they don't really work unless you get wet. So yeah. it was like, you're all in the kayaks. And then basically we all got tipped out of us kayaks so that we could get used to feeling the cold. And yeah, yeah it was some experience, I have to say. Because what it's the thing when I watched any of those canoe slams things, it's going against the tide, like swimming through yeah. uphill gates. That looks absolutely exhausting. So our course, we had eight downhills and two uphills. And the second uphill is where I capsized. And I was on for, so Ryan Thomas won it. And going through yeah. gate seven, I was a second ahead of Ryan. Oh. So it was like, you know, I was definitely podium. I was definitely top three for this. And then yeah. came up to this second uphill and kind of swing. If you swing wide, you then pedal the opposite way, paddle the opposite way. And if the wider you swing, the kind of, easier it is the stronger you are so i found that i didn't have to keep tight to the post i could go wide paddle paddle but i've gone so wide i've ended up parking my kayak on a block and i'm on a block and there's no water i'm above the water and bear in mind there's a live audience and yeah there's a live audience (laughs) in at this point and i'm going what do i do what do i do and i looked at pen who won it for won it in rio you know she was amazing olympian and i looked at her and went what do I do? And she went, this hadn't happened before. And then I could kind of feel water hitting my back end. And as soon as the water was hitting my back end, I knew it was going to happen. And it kind of took on my back end and it just flicked me. And then, yeah, I just, I stayed in the water. I didn't want to get out. I was gutted. How long were you under? Not long. To be fair, as soon as you flip, you're kind of in the water and then you ride the course a little bit until you can catch a line or swim yourself out. But I couldn't swim myself out because I wasn't a good swimmer and you have to swim against the current. So I'd be in the water and I'd basically be going down a giant, rapid, lazy river. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my mum coming up to me and going, you've done so well. I was like, mum, I've come last. I've been disqualified. (laughs) And that was day one. It was a pre-recorder filming. And I was like, this is the one thing that I probably got a chance of not coming last at. And I still came last. (laughs) So who won the whole series? Wes Nelson, who was originally, he kind of became famous as such through Love Island. He's now a musician mm. in his own right. He's kind oh, of, amazing. you know, oh, wow. he's always in the charts. But the, <laughs> that that guy could have been an athlete. Like he was the sort of kid that you'd tell him how to do something and within six hours he was a master at it. And I kind of always said to him, I'm sure if you had a week, you'd be better at playing Craig Tinker than I would like. <laughs> freak of nature. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he trying to think of Love Island Wes? Wasn't he in former football or was, am I getting confused? I mean, half the Love Island cast, he's not actually a former pro, was he? I think I think he was a former athlete, I think is what he was. Right. Oh I, th- I think because his cousin has represented in Great Britain in the 100 metre. And I was like, well, there's clearly, I mean, That's my sister's a vet and my cousin works at McDonald's. There's not, there's hardly <laughs> any relationships that I can bounce on here. Yeah. He knew all the coaches, put it that way. All oh, right. Well, that's it. Did you discover any hidden talent through those different disciplines? You were like, oh, actually, do you know what? I could be quite good at No. <laughs> I think <laughs> the beauty was that we were doing nine sports and there were seven of the sports that I'd never done or didn't particularly like. So obviously the running, um, that's my thing now. And cycling, I've always enjoyed. So cycling in a velodrome for the first time, was when you go in a velodrome, it is so intimidating because I cannot tell you how steep that 
wall yeah. is and it yeah. doesn't it, it, your brain's going no that cannot work so getting on a bike and going 30 mile an hour around a velodrome was pretty special they fixed gear bikes called like so you can't actually press a yeah. brake or anything no brakes, no gears, you just pedal and your pedaling controls your speed and the way you use the ramp kind of controls yeah. your speed. So it's, you had a line. as well, those bikes. So your oh. balance has got to be like perfect. And, you know, there was people who'd never been clipped in on our bike before and that experience itself is kind of, yeah. you know, you know about it. And then obviously we do the first half an hour and th- this was the thing about the games. We kind of only had three sessions at everything. So you do the first half an hour and then it'd be like, right, so on the night, this is how you're going to do the race. And when you do the race, you're going to have to overtake people. It's very dangerous. People are likely to fall off if this happens. And on the actual night of the cycling, it was an absolute farce. It was hysterical. So Kevin Clifton, who I became really good friends with during the show, prior to the games, he kind of had a bit of a traumatic experience as a child riding bikes. So he, he couldn't ride a bike. He didn't want to do it. And in training, he didn't. And then he got to a point where he was confident enough for the show. And on the night of the live, it just all went wrong. And he tried to, he got himself in a position where no one could overtake him because he was so all over the place. He tried to disqualify himself. In trying to disqualify himself, he's obviously took the inside line, which is the quicker line. So he's ended up getting in front, cutting everyone up. Oh my so God. it was just carnage. But because I, because on the bike, I felt confident on the night. I was like, do you know what? I've got to pass the point now where I was never trying to win on that show. I was just there to have fun. And the night of the velodrome, I was like, look, we've only got two more nights of this show left. It's, it's been what it's been. I've enjoyed it. Everything's been great for me. I'm just going to go for it. And I ended up pedaling and I thought, if I can get third, if I can tactically work hard to disqualify people, I will not just disqualify people as in, if I could get to the front, because it was an elimination race. So I was like, I'm going to get to the front and I'm going to set a pace that I know that I can keep for at least five minutes. And if yeah. they can catch me at this pace, then fair be it. And they didn't. So I led the bike race for quite a lengthy period of time. <laughs> and I've got the video on my phone of Chris Kamara going, this is the greatest moment in sporting history. Coulson's <laughs> leading the bike race. What is going on? And then I could feel Ryan and Josh behind me. And Josh says, he remembers vividly me going, go on, Josh, overtake me. Oh, go on. And then when he overtook me, I was like, good lad, go on, kick on. And then I'd realized, I'd seen the name Nelson come up. And I was like, so that means Wes has been eliminated. He's the fourth person to go. That means I'm third. I'm top three. There's no elimination now. So I kind of just sat back in the bike and was like, fair play. I'll take third. That'll do. Let take them two the race it out. Yeah. Yeah. So did that spawn your love of Lycra or have you always had that? Because I've seen these pictures on your Instagram of you running around. <laughs> I think I think the games, the spray tans that the games made me had and the tighter clothes that they made me wore <laughs> don't come out much. But but yeah, I tend to, I've run in my shorts in all weather. But other than that, it's normally anything I can get my hands on. <laughs> So here's a question for you, Jack, as well. So it's what it's Paris next Olympics, isn't it? So Paris 2024, what is your best chance of making a team? What sport do you think you could actually turn up and have a go in? What would you think? No chance. I'm putting it out there. None of them. Rugby sevens. I could. I'm an elite rugby, touch rugby player. 
Rob, that is a massively bold statement. You think that I what have this argument? Golf, then you're good at golf. Yeah, but I have this. Oh, I, okay, maybe golf. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a bad shit, actually. I could have a good go at golf. <laughs> the Olympics. I think is it, there's a difference between what sport I would. I think I'd perform well at or a sport that I'd like to do. I'd love to have a go at the BMXs, man. That BMX looks amazing oh, yes. for us. It's so, every yeah. time it's on every year, I'm obsessed with watching it. And Colson, you'd be class at it. We, Stick a bit of Lycra on. Yeah. Straight around on the BMXs. That'd be brilliant. I think my sport would be clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> that, they always seem quite fun, don't you? Know, and now we go to the target shooting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be different. I know. And yeah, something sedentary where, yeah, I think that, but it's a lot about breath control, I think, isn't it? Shooting mm. seems to be Keep, a lot about breath calm, control. Keeping calm, yeah. Yeah, and they're all yeah, athletes, cool. so they're obviously yeah. better at it. It's like calling a it's like calling a darts player a, an elite sportsman when he's got four yeah. pints of bitter on the table. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> it's my kind of sport. Tell us about your cricket club, then. Colson. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. Well, Colson, actually, just to jump in, I've recently picked up cricket. I know we're in the middle of December, but I've recently picked up a few mates around here who are obsessed with cricket in Birmingham. And randomly, they played for a, a village team with David with Stockdale, David Stockdale, goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Is he at Wickham yeah. anymore? Maybe he's gone. I think he's at Sheffield now. But I'm obsessed with cricket, so I'm really interested about your team. And if you need a player, I'm well up to driving up there, bud. You're in. We'll have to look at your stats. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of when I was like nine years old, I remember wanting to get into sport and it was kind of a thing my parents pushed on to me was, you know, find the sport, blah, blah, blah. So I got shipped down to the local football club one night and had to trial and kind of had that word from the coach afterwards of, oh, we just can't get you in. It's not for you, but (laughs) we've all been there. Yeah. And then, and then the local cricket coach came into school and kind of, you know, it was very much there that ev- everyone was welcome to come down on a Tuesday night to Casford Cricket Club. So I started going down there and I've probably been going for three months and you start playing games. It was very inclusive and that's where I met a lot of my friends. So I kind of played there from the age of nine all the way through. And when I was 15, obviously I wasn't playing as much because ev- ever since acting and all that becoming more serious I didn't get as much time so I kind of just was you know around enjoying if I could go to training I'd go to training but I wasn't too fussed about playing and yeah. then 15 I was sat at the AGM and kind of all the old guard who ran the cricket club were sat around this table and they were all kind of saying their various reasons for why they were stepping down and basically it was at that point where it was like so this club now doesn't have a future and a man called David Young kind of stepped in and said look I'll be chairman I'll run the club I've done it before in the 90s but if I do it I need people to help me and he said you know Colson I think you'd be really good to help me would you and I was like yeah sure and kind of my first role I took on was head of partnerships which in effect was basically getting some sponsors and getting some money into the club so I did that for a year and got it to a point where the club was stable and kind of just called in on favours of mates who I'd met through being on Corrie, met through football, you know, various stuff and said, look, I've got this great club. Will you sponsor me? So all that kind of happened. And then we worked out that we were going to struggle, you know, that the team that we ran was in the premiership and we'd lost a lot of players. We didn't have any money. Stuff wasn't going to go our way. So we got relegated in our first year. And it was kind of from then on that I took this role 
where I would sit alongside the captain, who is David Wainwright, who played pro cricket for Yorkshire and Derbyshire, a really good first-class career. And he played cricket at Cass from the age of nine. So a bit like myself, yeah. you know, he's there because he has to be. You know, it's, he's as embedded in the club as I was. So me and him started this partnership together. And now I take on a role of director of cricket. And, you know, <laughs> since being relegated, we won promotion. <laughs> then we won our league. And then, you know, in... 2020 we took the title of champions of sorry in 2021 we took the title of champions of yorkshire that's so, that's probably above my pay grade so i'll i'll pay for your third team if you've got one mate that's absolutely what the twos. Am- yeah i'll go in the twos what an amazing story that's absolutely brilliant i mean i feel like it's like I was talking to some of my mates who play cricket and it's like any local sporting team. Like it's such a community. And when they're going under and someone comes in and saves it, you might as well have a statue in the town square, mate. So that's absolutely brilliant that you <laughs> kept it going. And they're so important. They're such like, they're like churches and stuff like those sports clubs. So it's brilliant. So I want to know, are you a bowler, a batsman or a fielder or an all-rounder? <laughs> if I, my friends would say a fielder. Pastels on the boundary, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I played, batting's what I, as a kid, batting's what I enjoyed doing. And I play the odd game every now and then in the twos. The first teams are stressful watch. Like yeah. at the minute in time, I'd be like, oh, I'll give myself a Saturday off and I'll go and play in the second team. But yeah, yeah so fair. batter. Batsman, fair. More importantly, what are the tees like? <laughs> Good. I mean, we're lucky that obviously the league that we play in, you know, we're playing Scarborough, we're playing York, we're playing Harrogate. So because we're in a quite a prestigious league, we get to go to some great places. So we do get some good tees. But ours at home, they're done on a rotation. So like yeah. every lad has to do two tees. So they get quite competitive between them as to who's going to be who, who's oh, going to be good. the best. So you're even raising the standard on the tees through a competitive <laughs> We're culture. trying to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the best. I mean, I was, I think I told you, Colson, I was a very below average cricketer, but my be- my best mate at school, David, was like, the I mean, all, good all round sportsman, but like leading bowler, captain, best batter, and so it, it was more about hanging out with him. And I took on the role of being the wicket keeper at Carlton Cricket Club under 15s or whatever, because I did, and I wanted to be involved. I couldn't just stand down at third man as was really my skill level. So I wanted to be more involved and took the gloves, which a lot of people didn't want to do. But God, I had some injuries over that time. I mean, I was I constantly in I was in just about hospital. to say, yeah. Because, like, obviously the ball skids through and we were always playing on those carpets, you know, like the carpet wickets yeah, that they yeah. put the kids on. Yeah. And yeah. then there was all, you know, where they blended into the rest of the field was always a little bit of a treacherous part of the wicket because it could catch that edge and then fly up. And I got one in the chin once. I dislocated my thumb, bust my nose. I mean, I was quite poor, really poor. But loved the whole culture of it, the tease. And my dad and David's dad just loved those years of sat on the boundary, on the bench, putting the worlds to rights, watching David excel and me absolutely bomb, but with, you know, with enthusiasm. Great days, great cultures, cricket clubs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's (laughs) the bit that I love about it is that, you know, everything that we've done, you know, in the past six years has kind of encapsulated everything that was always already there. So. The people that were running the club before I was involved, they down every Saturday. Everyone's so proud of the club. And we kind of, it's like nothing's changed, but at the same time, everything's changed. Yeah. So cricket is, would you say that's number one in terms of sport hierarchy for you? Definitely. It was football growing up. But ever since getting involved, I mean, in effect, what I do at CAS is, it's like playing football manager. 
but in real yeah. life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so great. It's great. It's I, I, And I love it. And I think the bit that feels so real is, like, uh, talking back to the final last year at Headingley, uh, to be in the Yorkshire dressing rooms at Headingley with a crowd in, everyone there to watch our Castleford side and was allowed to lap at Headingley. So, you know, they were stewards and I could walk around and the crowd were talking to me. That kind of interaction with other people who've got clubs in Yorkshire who are kind of saying, do you know what? We know exactly what you do and fair play to you because it's a hell of a lot of work. And the fact that most clubs have a committee of 20 people, whereas we're talking three people at Cass that do everything. Mm, Yeah. Well, and who uh, are your bitter rivals? On, Sorry, Jack. I just wanted to know who the local rivals were for Castlewood. It's good games historically in the league are always Castleford versus York. That, that you know, that's always yeah. a good tie, like an old school Yorkshire League one. But the team that we faced at Headingley, who kind of have the title of the other best side in Yorkshire, Woodlands, who are in the Bradford League, and we kind yes. of we we keep you know either coming across them or they're in the quarters and we're in the quarters or semis and so on. Mm. So I think, would you know, I would like to say that we're kind of the best two sides in Yorkshire. And if it kind of keeps going that way, as long as we've got the edge over, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say that's got to be up there as one of your best sporting experiences, seeing your cricket team play at Headingley, right? Yeah, I, and, you know, it, I think it would have been good regardless, but to win. like To win I, I as well, to, sure. I said to my parents, it's a, that was the proudest moment of my life. Aside from everything I've ever done, to, to be on that pitch at Henley, my mum and dad were in a box because the club got six hospitality tickets. And Amazing. Just all of our supporters came onto the pitch afterwards and it was just, it was the greatest, it was the greatest sporting experience for me ever, oh, definitely. Amazing. So what are the others? What are either, either, from an experience point of view or as a fan, what are the sporting memories of your life where you've thought, oh my God, I can't believe this. I, re- I remember Leeds United getting promoted to the championship against Bristol yes. Rovers. I've that just realised I'm outnumbered here. I've got two Leeds United <laughs> fans who's going to talk <laughs> shite for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> two yeah, you'll be, be, be able to identify with this lower leagues chat though, at least. Very true, actually, being <laughs> yeah. a West Brom fan. Well done, good dig. Carry on, Colson. <laughs> yeah, I think that game and the age I was, it was just... It, you know, football at that age meant everything. Yeah. And you kind of, it. I was that kid in the crowd who wore a shirt that was signed by all the players who kicked every ball, headed every ball. And seeing us get promoted into the championship after all I'd really known was us being shit in League One. Yeah. It was amazing. The other game, I went, I was at Old Trafford when we beat Manchester United in the FA Cup. And that, that Jermaine was Beckford's pretty special. Goal. Yeah. Yeah. Beckford, what a player. He was decent, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Went to Everton after that, didn't he? Yeah, he never he did. quite he himself his height at Everton, but yeah, he should have stayed at Leeds. That was his yeah good championship player, Beckford. There's Leeds. a list of so many players who were just good championship players. You're looking at David Nugent, Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David Nugent, Dwight Gale. You know those kind of players, and Beckford was definitely on there. Beckford was a good, solid championship player. Twenty goals yeah, a season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was a. Yeah. Uh, it was stamped on that easily every year. Yeah, good player. But that's so interesting because, of course, you're so much younger than me. So your entry to Leeds was, you know, poor League Two life. And then so you've just seen up and up, really. Whereas I sort of my memories were winning the championship, well, as was League One going up to Division One and becoming the Strachan era 
you know, what was it? Division One. I'm struggling. Division One before Premier League, it was called, wasn't it? Yeah, it was so just we won the one, last yeah. ever yeah, version yeah. of that before it became the Premier League. So then, my sort of peak years have just been decline, really, <laughs> and now on the way back up. So you're, it's just up and up for you as a Leeds fan, really. Yeah, what are your hopes that for the second well, part of this year? I was just about to say, if you, I don't think you're on the way up at the moment. I would suggest that you were. <laughs> You're slightly on the way down, but I mean that's just a, that's just from the outside looking in, I suppose. I think I said to Rob the other day at work, I said I don't enjoy sporting Leeds now we're in the Premier League. It's, I, I don't enjoy it as much. Like, I'm with you. I was the same with the Albion completely. I know. What you yeah, mean. League One and the Championship, everything felt so real and felt so close. Whereas the Premiership, I think, unless you're amazing, it's a pretty shit league to be in. It. I totally agree. Totally agree. It's that kind of sense that I mean. Yeah, I mean, being an Albion fan, I mean, I've seen us in the shit and then we had about a decade in the Premier League and it was just, you get, you're on the British manager merry-go-round, you get Tony Pulis in, you get Allardyce in, you get Pardew in, you get all these shit (laughs) managers that seem to just fleece every kind of decent, small, you know, family Premier League club. And you kind of, you know, the couple of years when we had Pulis, you look at, and you go into Old Trafford, you're like, nick a nil-nil here. And you go home and it's the best thing in the world. But, you know, you've done eight years of this and you're like, I just want to go to Rotherham and pump them 7 0 and get pissed in the yeah. pubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got um, Carlos now, haven't you? Carlos Corbran, yeah. He's at uh, time Leeds, of recording. Leeds. Six, yeah, Carlos Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. He's at time of recording. I'm very happy. Give it a couple of months and we'll see what happens because anything that's better than that potato, Steve Bruce, but Corbran's got him playing at the moment. <laughs> so it's good. Uh, oh, scandalous. Oh potentially libelous so <laughs> should we do a week what we've started doing colson is a quiz which is in the style of a penalty shootout Ooh. which jack puts together so it'll be me against you is that right jack am i playing it this is one? correct five penalties each but this yeah. week in a new innovation for stage athletic there is a prize on offer which i am throwing into the mix and it is a pair of Leeds united marching on together socks which <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes sing along la, la, socks la, 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 from leeds la, la, la. united fantastic extra incentive to win they are 97 percent polyester three percent elastazine so that's, that's good high good, quality yeah, yeah perfect high just quality says, Ma- made in leeds were they did it look after uh, uh, they're made in china support? and you yeah, had no, to wear so. naked flames so just that <laughs> <laughs> okay q jingle after extra time and you know what that means it's penalties Colson I created the jingle and it's the best piece of musical music You're ever so made proud of that, I'm so proud of it because I'm shit at any anyway I like it. Okay, so this week for Stage Thought Penalty Shoot, we've got who's got who has the most accolades, right? So I'm going to give you either a film or a play or a TV show, and I'm going to tell them how many Oscars or awards they've won, and then I'm going to give you a sporting giant and see how many they have in terms of their goals or their wins or anything like that, and you've got to tell me who's won. So it's a test of knowledge between sporting icons and film tv and theater icons and whether you colson's a real them. film buff though and i'm not i think so colson's going to do very well here yeah, yeah. it's 50 yeah. 50 chance okay fair enough okay <laughs> so colson penalty number one 
Lord of the Rings Return of the Lord of the Rings Return of the King Oscars or Ronaldo as in R9 Brazil World Cup goals which one has the most Oh god do you know either of those I would su- I, I my gut says Ronaldo R9 World Cup goals he must have played in four world four five world cups Brazil that was their golden era they've scored plenty of goals whereas Lord of the Rings Two's not won 12 Oscars, has it? You know, it's likely to have won two off. We might have won four. I'm they always get like special effects or vision mixing. Or yeah. Don't they? they never get the biggies. Soundtrack, yeah. Soundtrack, yeah. yeah. So it's a goal. It's in off the post. And well done. Ronaldo, R9, had 15 World Cup goals altogether. But it's closer than you think. Lord of the Rings Return of the King had 11 Oscars. 11? Really? It won 11 Oscars. Absolutely obscene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The best film well, that has James the most says, trivia in it as well. James says Return of the King is the most Oscars of any film ever. There you go. Really? There's three that have yeah, 11. Does, yeah. yeah. Titanic's got 11, hasn't it? Oh, shut up. That's part of the question for later. Shut up. Oh, is it? Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> I think the goalkeeper's Bollocks. given the direction of where Rob's penalty's <laughs> going to go, unfortunately. Okay, Rob, here's one for you. St. Helens Super League final wins. Oh, God. Or Judy Dench BAFTA wins. Oh, God. Right, so Super League, of course, St. Helens have had sort of two rises to prominence, I think, in the Super League era. They're currently in one now. I think they've won a few back-to-back and they had a sort of phase probably about five or six years ago. I'm I'm going to say they probably got about seven or eight Super League crowns and Judy Dench BAFTAs, did you say? BAFTA wins, yes, please. BAFTA wins. Has she won? I bet she's won a few. I bet she's up to sort of five or six. I'm going to go with St. Helens. Great penalty and fantastic knowledge. You're pretty bang on. St. Helens have won nine, actually, a couple more than you think. Oh, God. And then that natural treasure, she's got five BAFTA wins, so well done. It's 1-1 on the penalty shootout. Congratulations. Yes. Right. We're going to go a little bit niche now, Colson. So we're going to go with Jack Nicholas major wins, obviously golfing legend, golfing icon. Or... The producers Tony Awards. <laughs> Do you, have you seen the Stacey. producers' movie, Colson? I've not. I've not seen the film, but mm. so just Tony Awards. Just Tony Awards. Yeah, this is tense now. It is I can see the wheels. Yeah, Colson's mind, and obviously he's. A golfing legend. A golfing legend. Did you say major wins or masters wins? Major wins, not just the masters. So Mm. the Open, the US Open, PGA. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm backing Jack, I think. Just (laughs) all, All I remember is as a kid, I went on holiday to Cancun and we went to about three different golf courses and they were all named after him. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's true. He, yeah, he used to. He built loads of them. He designed loads and loads. Yeah. The producers have the most Tony Awards ever given to any production with Ooh. twelve. Oh, I sense a hurricane. How, how how many masters? How many master golf tournaments are there? Jack Nicholas, on the other hand, won 
a monumental 18 major wins. So it's a goal. GG. Good finish. Good finish. There must be quite a lot major golf tournaments throughout a year. Is it what is a free tournament? Four PGA, the US, the And it's quite a long career, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. That was math math logic. That's good, not too bad. So over to Rob, please. Arsenal FA Cup wins. Oh god. Arsenal FA Cup wins or thanks for this, Colson. Titanic Oscar wins. (laughs) Oh, well, that's really interesting. Did you say there were nine? It has nine or 11, did you say? Oh, uh, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really interesting because I think, so it is 11, it's big. I think Arsenal are the leading FA Cup winners. I think they are the most se- successful FA Cup team, predominantly the Wenger years, of course, where he seemed to sort of win that serially. His job by I winning think one trophy. He won Correct, FA yeah. Cup, as <laughs> I think Arteta did in his first or second year, didn't he? I think... I think they're about nine, though. I think they're nine wins. And if you said 11 for Titanic, I'm going to go Titanic. That is a fantastic save from the goalkeeper. He's missed it. Get in. Arsenal have 14 FA Cup final wins. 14. The greatest football team ever to win that cup. Yeah, yeah, 14. And you're right, Titanic had 11. Fair enough. Over to Colson. 2-1. 2-1. You can take a two-goal lead here, mate. Very nice again. I do love your oh, quizzes, Jack. These are brilliantly set, I think. You need to a lot of credit for this. I'm joining Thank you thing. very much. I mean, I'm going to run out of fucking ideas at one point, <laughs> and I don't really know what else to do next. <laughs> yeah, it's but yes, no, it's fine. Okay, so Colson, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child Olivier Awards. Yeah. Or yeah. Red Rum Grand National win. So are we going... Does the Harry Potter include both parts? Yeah, both parts. It's well, no, I won't give you any more. It's a six-hour epic. It it's a six-hour epic. Yeah, yeah. Played over two, two, four. My housemate James just shout out to housemate James Kieran Drake Drake Malfoy Draco Malfoy. Yeah, I didn't get. I was in the first round for the for the original cast. Didn't fucking get it, but it's fine. I got Dervin Hansen, so it's fine. I'm not bitter about it. It's cool. Who did you go for? The two lads, Scorpio and Albus. Mm. And it's fine, you know, it's fine, whatever. It's I'm fine. not bitter. It's cool. Bitter. I went for first cover Harry Potter and got to the recalls, but that was it. I wasn't very good on the movement things, which I, was, I found a bit offensive because I thought I would have said I've got good, but Me you too. need a core strength for that choreography. Yeah, Anyone that's where I fell down. Yeah, it's true. That's where I fell down. Anyway, we digress. So. Anyway, yes, Harry Potter and the Custard Olivier's or Red Rum Grand National wins. I I know that Red Rum was a very successful racehorse, but in terms of racehorses and their careers, you're not looking at loads and loads of years, and the Grand mm. National's only once a year. So let's mm. say he's won it. It's, it's, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't think it'd be any more than six. Harry Potter was massive when it came out obviously going onto stage from the films and the success. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back the wizards. I'm gonna back the magic. It's a very, sta- <laughs> it's a very stable run up, and it's a confident finish into the bottom corner. Good goal. Yeah. Harry Potter and it's the first child. They could have been two. Yeah, three. yeah. He's only three. Correct. Three? Correct, bro. He's only won it yeah. three times. Yeah. Harry Potter has nine Olivier's, the most Olivier's. Yeah. For any play. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, well done. Very good. Okay, <gasps> back to Rob. It's 3 1 now. Back to Rob. Needs this to stay in the game. Roger Federer, Grand Slam wins. Friends, Emmy wins. 
Oh, God. Well, I think Roger, I think he's at 20 or 21 level with Nadal, I think. And is he level with Djokovic? I think they're all level at the minute, time of recording or something around that. Or maybe Nadal's one ahead, but he's 2021-ish. Friends, Emmys, God. Well, there wasn't as many friends as we think, was there? But he probably did clean up on various Emmys. Oh, God. I don't think there'll be 20, though. I'm going to, oh, I'm trying to read Jack's face. I'm going to oh. go with, I'm going to go with Federer Slams. Have you been having lessons from Harry Kane? This is an awful penalty shoot. He's missed it. Roger Federer has 20 Grand Slam wins. You were correct. Hold on to your horses, friends. Friends has 65 primetime wow. Emmy wins. Oh, that's silly. I should have thought about that deeply. 65. Yes. I mean, okay. if you think, like, our Friends was pretty seminal, and it it did go for longer than you think it did. It was like 10 seasons or something, and there was like oh, 30,000 episodes a season or something stupid. Oh, so yeah, I'm maybe confusing it with, oh, can't remember. What was the... <laughs> oh, a dick. He's got it wrong. What am I thinking of? Multi Towers, that's what I was thinking. There was only six of them or something, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Friends and Forty Towers, very comparable, yeah. very comparable. Very, very similar shows. <laughs> very true. Right, back to Colson. It's still 3-1. Michael Phelps gold medals or Game of Thrones primetime Emmy wins? Phelps gold medals. He won. Did he win? Olympic gold medals, yeah. Olympic gold medals, yes, sorry. Mm. He won about six in one Olympics, didn't he? When he was allegedly cheating. But Did he? I don't know. Cheating. I'm not going to give you any clues, Colson. I think he's looking at a, around 10, between 8 and 10, if not more. What was my other option? Game of Thrones, primetime Emmy wins. I think I'm going to learn from Rob's mistake here. And I'm going to back the tower, the, the tower, the power of a long-serving TV show. Interesting, and I'm interesting. Gonna go I'm going to go Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. So Michael Phelps has actually got 23 gold medals. Wow. He is the most decorated athlete at the Olympics. 23 gold medals. However, Game of Thrones has 59 Emmy wins. (laughs) So Uh, it's a goal. Good finish. I was expecting Game of Thrones to either have a shed load or four. Like it was going to be one way or the other, wasn't it? They either win everything or win nothing. Very true, yeah. very true. So, Rob, you're looking poor here, mate. Anyway, we'll carry I don't on. Think you can win now, Rob. No, you can't. This is. I think I'm in the corner celebrating now. Oh, I think. Oh yeah, shit. That's yeah, he's going Four one. Four one, mate. Yeah. God. I mean, this is just for pride now. So, anyway, yeah, Australia exactly. World Cup cricket. Australia World Cup wins in the cricket, or curious yeah. incident of the dog in the night time. Olivier wins. <laughs> oh no, Jack was in Sorry, curious. Incident, I was in curious. Um, <laughs> Look, I'm unemployed. I need the. I need the love, man. Okay, so Australia one day World Cup. This is obviously hasn't actually been that many of them. It's quite a relatively new competition in the history of sport, isn't it? So, and I don't. I think is it two or four year job? And I think Sri Lanka have won it. We've won it twice now. Once. I don't think they've. I think they've always underperformed in this. I therefore. I, I think they're only. I think they have. I think that they've only maybe they might even not won it, but only be one or two, I would say. So I'm going to go with Curious Instant Awards. It's a good penalty. There's some there's some calmness coming back to the game. Curious Instant has seven in the world. Australia have won the World Cup in cricket five times. Oh, have they? Sorry for I did them down there. 
Excellent. 4-2, uh, well done. Right, now we're going down to, I mean, this is all academic, but this is all about pride now for the pair of work. For I think you, you called it Britain's favourite soap? Is it Britain's favourite I don't know. Probably is. Well, I it is so. in our eyes. It is in our eyes. Oh, no, I yeah. bloody love it. My anyway. grandma says so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Colson. Coronation Street TV Awards. That's every single TV awards there's ever been. Ever. Ever. Wow. Or Harry Kane Premier League goals. Oh, good grief. Oh, it's it's got to be Corey TV or what? Even when you try and think about it, K- Kane's got what? 150? Or is he at the 200 mark? I forgot. But I'm thinking, Corey, you're talking 20 awards a year for 60 years. Interesting. And that's a that's a potentially a bad year. Yeah. Because if you have a clean sweep, you're winning 20 awards a night. Very true, yeah. I, I'm backing Corey. I've got to back Corey, aren't I? <laughs> Coronation Street. Well, you've got it. Yeah, you've got it back, Corey. Corey's Coronation Street. Top up. Yeah, Corey says, <laughs> says <laughs> you've gone for Coronation Street, which is fair enough. So Coronation Street has 168 awards, which is an, a monumental. It's I don't gonna know. It's going to be close. And you were wondering whether or not Harry Kane hadn't hit the 200 mark yet in Premier League goals. He hasn't. He has a hundred. And 95 goals. Harry Kane takes it. He's oh, oh. You should know more about your employers, but fair enough, yeah. man. It's okay. In fairness, it's right. it's a tr- there's, like a, trophy there's a million more award things yet now. <laughs> yeah, there are. Yeah. So, so Colson's Coulson getting five is in award the nominated. Award winning or award nominated, Colson? Nominated, never award nominated. Hey, it'll for, come, mate. It'll come. Best child I always used to get beat by the cuter ones. Oh, it'll come, mate. Don't worry about it. It'll come. Right, we've embarrassed Colson with his employers. Let's embarrass Rob with his employers. Okay, so Coronation Street, best soap wins, winning. That's like the creme de la creme. It's like best film, you know, all that kind of stuff. So best soap wins historically or Gary Lineker World Cup goals for England. Oh, God. Okay, so Gary Lineker World Cup goals. What did he do? He probably did... Four World Cups, three World Cups potentially, maybe three. I would say he was Golden Boot winner, of course, for Italian ninety. Was that I think he that with about six. So I think he's probably only at ten or eleven, and I think Corey must have won more than that over the years. So I'm going Corey. Coronation Street at the National Television Awards has won Best Soap. Six times. Oh, now you've reframed the question there. He has well, reframed what? the question. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Rob, I'm with you. I, actually, I was thinking I, when you were talking all categories. I'm yes. thinking we're at twenty five thirty ish. I really NTAs, should. Yeah, it's only been nineteen ninety eight. The NTA started, didn't it? I think Colson's right. I really should have wrote the question down better, but it's nice to see fuck Rob. It, he's, missed. Yeah, he's, fuck missed. It, he's missed. Yeah, fuck it. He's missed. Gary Lineker had ten more goals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, boys, well so done. Very well uh, done. So it was excellent victory. Socks yours, Colson. I shall bring them tonight to the Cory Christmas Eve. I'll leave uh, in the party it. wearing them. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well done, boys. Well done. Very good. Good. So we should start wrapping up soon, but we've got to we've got to ask you, Colson, about our bucket list of sporting events, which you've had to cite. What of those there would you, in an ideal world, to attend with us? This isn't happening, obviously, but just, you know, theoretically. 
El Clasico. Got to be up yes. there. Yes. Yes. But what you didn't say which stadium. Oh, uh, we went for, we did we went for New Camp, didn't we? Did we? I think we did, yeah. Camp. Yeah, if I've been to the New Camp, but I've not watched a game there. But I think if oh, I really? was to watch the L Clasico, and I'd almost want to be on the back row. Yes. It's that sort of place of just the sheer size and understanding of what's going on. I think I'd be yes. going New Camp, definitely. Amazing. And if you were going to add one to our bucket list, what would you, what isn't there for you that's missing? So you said, you said England cricket in West Indies, which yes. I get because I've seen people sat in hot tubs watching the yes. cricket and thought that's Wrong. a bit of me. Yeah. But I reckon I, if I was watching England abroad, I'd want a Boxing Day test in the Ashes in Australia. Right. Fair dues. Fair dues. The only reason that isn't there, Colson, is I've been to it. Well, so yeah, it's already ticked. Yeah. Yes, that is. I mean, the MCG, what a, what a cathedral. So listen, we like to invite our guests to take a position in Stage Draw Athletic Club. You can take any position. It could be on the playing staff. It could be managerial, as you already hold the post, similar to that. It could be in any department, any sport. Where would you like to join the club? What position would you like? Mm. I think I'm thinking tactical here. I'm going to go kit man because of all the stash that I could potentially steal. Hey, <laughs> yes. good Very good. Well, you know, obviously we're, we're very, we're not, we are not Sofa Cinema Club podcast royalty like you where babies joining the scene (laughs) so but when we get the merch because you have merch don't you You have seen those cups (laughs) but when we have kit you'll be in charge i'm in charge of dishing it out any complaints though you'll have to go to head of complaints (laughs) (laughs) yet to be appointed tbc so this is the biggie now you know the premise of, of the rather aspirational premise for the pod which is to try and get to these bucket lists and what we are looking for is an invite to someone even more famous and influential you who could get us a step closer to our invite to invite on the show we ask that you introduce us and invite them onto the pod It'd be great if you could make a little guest appearance to say hi at that point but who are you thinking see i've been thinking about this a lot and <laughs> good lad i'm definitely going down the sporting route And I have two people in mind, both good friends, one we've mentioned on the show, but I'm not going with him. I'm going with someone who I think's current job could potentially open more beneficial doors for you because he's still employed. This is really exciting, Colton. So my friend, also a resident of Wakefield, Rob, Simon Grayson, manager of Leeds United, Preston, Huddersfield Town. He's currently the manager of Bangalore FC in India. No managing way. in the Premier League of India. And the videos that he has sent me of the atmosphere and the crowds at some of their games are immense. So I think get, getting Simon on the pod and finding more about, obviously, him in sport and now sport in India, I think that would be quite an exciting episode for you. Colson, I don't yeah, think I don't amazing. think I don't think you should be kit man. I think you should be the director, mate. This is amazing. <laughs> what a We're great going show. to Bangalore, Jack. I mean, we could watch a Kabaddi game there as well. This, this you might have to do the podcast at three AM, Mike. 
Yes. <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. Well, I love that so much. And it could not only get us to Bangalore, but get us a step closer to our Kabaddi match. That That's actually on the bucket list. Could be brilliant. Oh my God, I'm thrilled. Good work, buddy. Yeah, that is so great. That's brilliant. Thank you so So I shall be following that up with you, Colson. We've got to make this a reality. Thanks so much for joining us on our little project. It's been amazing to hear your sporting memories. Um, thanks so much, Colson. Great. And I'll see you tonight at the party. Yes, see you at the party. Thanks for so having me, boys. Take care. Well, that's full time on another Stage Door Athletic pod. Thanks for listening. Make sure to look out for Encores with bonus pod episodes where we talk about all sorts from awful advert auditions to top transfers. And stay in touch. Meet other club members and share your best sporting moments on Instagram at Stage Door Athletic. And on TikTok at Stage Door Athletic as well. Right, we're off to the clubhouse for a pint. (laughs) 